0: queen's lead podcast i'm your host amy singleton and as a child of the 80s i'd love to say queens rule but they don't queens lead being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people the guests on our show do exactly that they are leading the way in their businesses families and communities they're taking their rightful place in the spotlight leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us welcome to the queen's lead podcast All right. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Queens Lead Podcast. Today I am so honored to be in the same room as the Queen Leader, Tamara Walker. She is a mom, she is a wife, and she is the owner of something very
1: interesting. Mom R in Birth Services. Tell us about you, Tamara. Welcome. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. And yes, my name is Tamara Walker, and I'm the owner of Mom RN Birth Services. And I provide birth doula and postpartum doula services. And I also teach childbirth classes for pregnant couples. And so I'm all about helping to support pregnant people and their partners and helping them integrate their newborns into their families after they have given birth as well.
0: Yeah, that's definitely going far beyond what we get at the doctor's office. Catch yes. <laughs> kind of the baby, bless and release you to the world without support. So what led yes. up to this business for you? What is your what's your background?
1: My background is actually as a registered nurse. I was a registered nurse for a few years um, in pediatrics was my specialty. I've always loved kids and taking care of children. And was called into nursing, and then I stayed home for many, many years to raise my own two kids. And through the course of that, I started a company called Mom RN, and it, um provided practical parenting advice to raise happy and healthy families. So I've done that for the past uh, 22 years, and. In the course of that, I've always had a passion for helping parents and especially, I've always just loved the magic of birth and just the whole experience of pregnancy and birth and then bringing that newborn into your family. And I've seen firsthand that in our country, we are sorely lacking in um, the care that we give for pregnant people and their families, and especially after the birth, um, helping with postpartum care. And so I had always back in the day thought that I would become a midwife. And I actually used midwives for my own two births. But life just kind of never led me in that direction. And I had other things to do. And it wasn't until the pandemic hit and I lost the job that I was doing during, uh, you know, at that time. And I really started thinking about and praying about, okay, what is next? Where do you want me next? And what should I be doing? And I thought about going back to my nursing career, but that just didn't feel like the right path for me. And I thought about midwifery school. And the more that I thought about it and prayed about it, I realized that it's not the medical, clinical aspects of care that I like to provide. And that's really on my heart. It's more the support physically, emotionally, and informationally that I love to get. And becoming a doula is something that felt like the right path and especially um, also childbirth education. because. I've taught many, many things over the years. And so I love to teach. I love to help people learn how to have uh, happy and healthy lives and happy, healthy families. And so this just kind of seemed like a natural natural, natural (laughs) transition um, or a natural extension of skills and jobs that I had previously done. So I pursued certification in birth doula and postpartum doula and top birth education uh, through a company called Birth Boot Camp. And okay. so it's wonderful to be able to offer the care and the education to parents and parents to be.
0: Yeah, for sure. So for those who may not know, what's, tell us the difference. What's the difference between a midwife and a doula?
1: That's a great question because there's a lot of misconceptions and misconceptions that doulas catch babies like midwives do. Um, Instead, they are not there to do the medical and clinical tasks that an OBGYN or a midwife would do. So they're not uh, checking blood pressure and um, taking temperatures and checking cervix dilation during labor and all of the things that go into your pregnancy care and your labor and birth as far as the medical side of things. Instead, a doula is there to focus solely on supporting with information, helping pregnant person and their partner to understand what their options are, what their choices are, Um, helping them to have informed consent for any procedures that may be necessary, any decisions that need to be made about their medical care, and being there to offer comfort measures during labor Mm. and during the birth and offering um, just that physical comfort and that emotional support because being in labor and giving birth is a very emotional experience and if someone does not feel safe and supported and protected and cared for, they're going to have a more difficult time. And so getting that support makes all the difference. And so a doula provides all of those things for the pregnant person and for their partner as well. They're not a replacement for the dad or for the partner. They are to enhance the whole experience by supporting both people. Yes, because
0: our partners are not equipped to handle that day anymore than the mom giving birth
1: is, is what I've found. Right, and partner may have an intimate knowledge of you, but they don't have an intimate knowledge of labor and birth, Right, and a doula does. And so a doula can offer that support and that information that can make the difference between having a difficult birth experience and having a very positive, happy, joyful experience.
0: Yes, yes, it makes a huge difference to the beginning of that infant's life and the continuation of the mom's new life.
1: Because birth impacts not only the person giving birth, but it impacts the whole family. And if it's a Difficult experience or a traumatic experience that can have a negative effect, not only on the mom or the birthing person, but also on the baby as well and the care the baby receives and it can impact the relationship between the couple it, it can just have very negative effects if it's a bad experience. And on the uh, flip side of that, if it's a great experience, it can bring a couple closer. It can enhance bonding between the mom or the birthing person and their infant. It just, there's a whole um, range of emotions that go into giving birth. And we want to make it a positive, joyful, amazing, happy experience. Yes. Yes. I love that. It's so necessary and something that
0: uh, that needs to have more awareness brought to it to, to the yes. fact that it's an option for us. So tell us a little bit about what I know during the pandemic was kind of part of that catalyst that made you make this move. But was there, can you identify kind of a defining moment where you were like, okay, it's time, I'm going to take the leap and start my own business.
1: Well, I've actually been an entrepreneur for most of my life. Um, after I put my nursing career on hold to take care of my children, I had a child in-home child care business oh. for about 12 years, taking care of, of other children so that I could be home and raise my own kids. So I learned a lot about running a small business through that. And in the course of that also launched In uh, back in uh 2000, summer of 2000, we started it. And then we launched it online in March of 2001. So it's been about 21 years. And I learned so much about just uh, running a small business and helping people through that. And then launching the birthing services business really came about because of my love for wanting to help parents in this way and transitioning to a different type of service that I could offer.
0: Okay, so during the pandemic was when you decided to upgrade the service. Basically. Or add right? on to the services. I'm sorry, I was a little bit confused about that.
1: That's okay. No, it, it, it it's a transition into kind of a whole different uh, aspect of helping, but I've always served parents through my businesses and uh, this is was, was a, a different way to do that. Yeah. Well, so then since you do have over 20
0: years of experience in entrepreneurship, tell us about some of the struggles that you've had with growing that business and adding additional services and, and uh, like the evolution of the business.
1: Oh, there's, as you know, a lot of challenges that come with being an entrepreneur and having your own small business. Um, Most of the time, the challenges have been that everything is on me and not having um, assistance or support that I would have loved to have had back um, when I was first starting out, especially because I didn't know anything about running a business when I first started. (laughs) Um, And when I did my daycare business, I learned um, a lot through that, but it was a whole different experience versus launching a business online and everything that goes into that. Uh, so running a website and then social media with the evolution of social media and having to keep up with social media trends and um, all the different platforms that are available. So I would say just trying to uh, keep up with everything can be very overwhelming. And it's important to find sources of support where you can and try to um learn from other people. I'm constantly learning. I love to learn. And so I'm always learning something new. Yeah. So who have some of those mentors been for you that you've
0: been able to really learn from and cling on to in business to help you? Oh, goodness.
1: Um, <laughs> there's been so many over the years. Um, April Frank's Hunt is one of them. Um, she is an entrepreneur who I met many years ago in Oklahoma City. And she has um, Epic April and, oh, she's had several different um, names for her business over the years. But she teaches entrepreneurs and especially gears towards uh, women business owners. And I've learned a lot from her over the years. Um, there's just been John Maxwell. I've read books by him. There's you know so many out there that it's hard to... <laughs> Uh, just narrow Uh, down the spot. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, But yeah, I've learned from so many over the years and, um, and had some coaches here and there over the years, and that's been helpful for different things. Yeah. So, well, tell us what it's like to be your client. Tell us about one of the,
0: one of your favorite client stories and how you've helped them from beginning to like your whole process.
1: When I meet with a client for the first time, when they first contact me, I like to do an initial consultation in person so that basically it's, it's an interview, Um, they're interviewing me, but I'm also feeling out whether I feel like we would be a good fit because it's so important if you're going to hire a doula to be able to click with that person um, personality wise, and to feel like you can trust them because giving birth is super, super vulnerable. You are in a very, very vulnerable state when you're in labor and giving birth and you want to be surrounded by people that you trust and that you get along with and that you feel like has your best interest in mind. And so, It's so important to have that initial meeting face-to-face and be able to determine if we're the right fit for each other. And I want to hear about um, what they are wanting for their birth experience, whether that is a hospital birth, whether that's a birthing center birth or a home birth, whether they are wanting to do unmedicated or a medicated birth. And what that looks like to them, what they've learned yet, if they've taken a childbirth class yet, or if they have not, Um, you know, I want to know where they're at and what their needs are and what's important to them and uh, be able to figure out the best way that we can, you know, I can provide support and information for them. And then when does they, that
0: typically start? Like around what, what age of the pregnancy would you say is the right it, time?
1: It really just depends on, on the person themselves on when they want to reach out and start that relationship with a doula. I would say the earlier, the better, simply because uh, the sooner that you choose a doula, then the longer you have to kind of get to know and trust that person. Mm -hmm. And, uh, usually though, typically by at least by 30 weeks, but ideally before, but Mm -hmm. sometimes people wait until, you know, they're really close and uh, a few weeks out and then they're choosing (laughs) someone. So however, you know, however long they, however far along their pregnancy is, you know, we can, we can work with it. And, um, yeah but at least a few weeks out is very helpful because we want to have some time after after they initially hire me, we want to have at least one to two meetings together. And ideally at least one meeting with the partner, if not two, um, in order that we can sit down, we can get to know each other, we can get to make a birth plan together and um, can provide them with some helpful information and, comfort measures that the partner can use to help the partner, uh, help the uh, mom or the birthing person. And um, kind of learning about her pain tolerance level, how she handles pain, what things work for her, what doesn't, Mm -hmm. trying different things so that we kind of get to know each other and know what she needs and wants before we're actually, in the labor and birth experience and then um, we keep in touch and I go on call typically three weeks before the due date and that just means that I'm available, I'm keeping myself available if they call in the middle of the night or text in the middle of the night and think they're in labor or during the day or what, you know, whatever that looks like. I'm available to them and ready to go when it's time and can help them determine uh, when they contact me, if they're having a hospital birth, when do we go to the hospital? If they're having a birthing center, when do we go to the birthing center? Um, If they're having a home birth, when do we call the midwife? And, uh, And then I join them either at the hospital or the birthing center or at the home when they're ready to have me join them. Nice. So tell
0: us about the partnerships that you, have you made some partnerships with hospitals and have been able to integrate yourself into their system, so to speak, as far as working around the medical staff and the others that may be a part of that?
1: I'm working on that since I'm newly certified and newly launching this business. um, I'm kind of getting to know some of the midwives in Oklahoma City. Um, A few of them I've met, working on meeting more. And uh, I've gotten to be in the, on some births at uh, Integra's Baptist and get to know a, little, a few of the staff there. And, um, you know, it, it's a process of just getting my name out there and, and then just going and, and meeting uh, with different providers and forming those relationships and those partnerships. Yeah.
0: I can imagine you're getting, you're going to get, or have already gotten a mix of like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. You're this extra layer of support and maybe some of the other more seasons, like, who are you? What are you all about? You're, are you in my way? What what has your experience been so far with the hospital stuff?
1: Um, so far it's been very positive. And I think that's because a lot of times the, nurses recognize that um doulas are there to support and to help and that makes their job a little bit easier Um, yeah and having been a nurse myself i very much know how to you know deal with other nurses and and you know and talk with them as a colleague and i you know i've had very positive experiences yeah. And, you know, like I said, I'm newly certified in this and launching this, but I have actually been offering labor support as an unofficial doula, if you will. I've actually been labor support for many, many births over the past 30 years. So this is not, um, you know, I'm newly certified and newly doing this as a professional business, yeah, but this yeah. is something that I've been doing for most of my adult life. And even before I had my first child, when I was pregnant with my first child, I actually was providing labor support for one of my best friends. And then right after I gave birth three months later, I was providing birth support for my sister. And it's just, you know, it's uh, been something I've loved doing. Yeah, I've had a lot of experience with dealing with staff um, as a nurse, but then also um, as being that labor support person. I, love I that. will That's say a
0: beautiful partnership
1: yes and and I will say being um, a certified professional doula um, does garner some more respect than just being the the friend who's providing labor support or the sister who's providing labor support yes. um, so I have um, had more positive experiences since yes. the doula with that I
0: so tell us about the support that you were providing um, before this newest iteration. You were doing like uh, classes, birthing classes pre and postpartum.
1: Yeah I, I offer birthing classes, yes. So I offer a wide variety through birth boot camp, which is an excellent. Uh, curriculum. They uh, they have actually several different classes that we offer, whether you're doing a hospital birth or a birthing center birth or a home birth, we have a class for you. And then we have our comprehensive course, which is a 10-week course, which covers everything that you would want to know or need to know um, for whatever type of birth that you're giving. And I I love teaching those. And currently, I'm offering private classes for couples. And um, soon, we'll be offering group classes. But right now, I'm just offering uh, private classes so that we can, which the cool thing about that is we can tailor it to a little more and customize it just a little more to their individual needs.
0: Yes, yes,
1: I love that. And what about postpartum support? You mentioned that as well. Yes, I am a postpartum doula. So I offer, and and how that differs, a lot of people kind of think that that's like a nanny or a night nurse, um, which there's some similarities, yes. And we do offer newborn care, but we're also there to take care of the person who's just given birth. Because when you come home from the hospital or the birthing center, or if you've even just given birth at home, you need support yeah. you need to be cared for you need to be taken care of so you can bond with and take care of this new baby mm-hmm. and our country fails miserably
0: in yeah, offering really support
1: do. that is needed um, there's many other countries and other cultures who kind of swoop in and take care of the postpartum mother or the postpartum birthing parent and take, you offer them the, uh, physical care and comfort that they need and the emotional support so that they can focus on their baby. Because once you've given birth, you have gone through, your body has gone through a lot. (laughs) You've gone through nine months of pregnancy and then you've gone through what, is like you know doing a triathlon basically. Um, yes. And you're physically exhausted. You may be excited and, and ecstatic over this baby, but your hormones are all over the place. Yeah. And that can make things difficult. Even if you're thrilled and everything went awesome and wonderful, hormones have a way of they can kind of make things a little chaotic for a little while. And then if, you, if they're breastfeeding, then there's hormones involved in that. And, um, and sometimes breastfeeding can be a challenge to get going at first. And it just, there's a lot of things that go into postpartum. And unfortunately we don't um, see the care being given. And a lot of people don't have the family support that they need. You know, yeah. Back in the day, it used to be families lived close to each other and the other women in the family would swoop in and they would take care of the mom. They would take care of the housework. They would take care of cooking and feeding the family so that she could just focus on healing her body and taking care of her baby. Mm -hmm. and so many people nowadays don't live near family or they just don't have the support that they truly need and so that's where postpartum doula comes in and helps to take care of them take care of their family take care of the newborn whether it's daytime care or nighttime care or a combination of both and that could be for the first few days after birth it could be for a few weeks or several weeks, whatever they need. So is that like an on-call type situation again for you? Or are you going and staying there for blocks of time? That's as scheduled. Um, so we schedule that once they've had the baby, if they want care immediately after coming home or immediately postpartum, then um, you know we work that out for as soon as possible to start care. And then we kind of schedule those times so that they know and I know when I'll be there to help them. Nice.
0: So for for moms who may have recently given birth or about to give birth that may not have the luxury of having a support person like you, what are a few things that they can um, maybe start putting into place now for that postpartum care to prevent um, the terrible signs of, of postpartum depression. I know that has been a huge topic. I'm glad that there's more light yeah. being shown upon that. But what are, what are things, steps we can take to try and hedge our bets against that?
1: Well, I think it's so important, you know, when somebody's pregnant, they're typically focused on the pregnancy and, and then learning about what they need to know for their pregnancy, for their labor and for their birth. We tend to forget the postpartum. <laughs> and so it's all done. It is so now we're finished. Yeah. And no, it no, is no. so important to prepare for that ahead of time. So start putting those support people into place. If you don't have family nearby, see friends who could come and help. What tasks could they do? Make a list of things because if you have family or friends nearby, who are able to help and they offer to help and you tell them, oh, thanks. We're good. We, you know, you may be good that first day or two, and then you may be wishing that yeah. you had their help. And if yeah. you tell somebody no once they might not offer again. Yeah. So it's good ahead of time to make a list of chores or things that need to be done. That if somebody says, Hey, what can I help you with? Or what can I do? You can say, Hey, um, you know, could you bring a meal by for dinner? Or could you do a load of laundry for us? Mm-hmm. Could you come and, you know hold the baby so I can take a shower? Yeah. Um, whatever that looks like, you know, could you come clean the kitchen or um, start a meal train and have friends bringing meals for several days? Whatever you can figure out ahead of time of things that you may need, the better. And there's all kinds of great checklists online um, and advice online that you can find that can help you um, kind of figure out, well, what, what do we need and, and what would help and who could do that for us?
0: Mm-hmm. And, and on the other side of that, I think, you know, I learning more and more all the time about being mm-hmm. so specific And when, when, you know, when we have people and friends in our lives that are pregnant or relatives, instead of saying, hey, if there's anything I can do, let me know. That's not very specific. And and a lot of moms aren't willing to say, well, oh my gosh, please come do my laundry. But, you know, we can actually say instead of, hey, anything you need, we can say, hey, can I bring dinner by on Tuesday? Hey, can I stop by on Wednesday afternoon and do your dishes? And that is a lot easier for the mother to say, absolutely, yes, you can, instead of saying, oh, could you come do my dishes? That's a, That puts the mother in kind of an uncomfortable position,
1: I think. You're absolutely right. So if there's somebody that's pregnant in your life or has just given birth, those are great things is to offer those specific ways of helping. Yes. Figure out what you can do and offer that. And they may or may not take you up on it, but it, you're right. It is easier for her to say yes versus just leaving the ball in her court and she may be so overwhelmed. She may not know what she needs. Exactly. She's like, I don't know what
0: I need. I am yeah. a human here that needs everything from me. <laughs> <laughs> so on, along the lines of postpartum depression, um, outside of lack of planning, um, tell us about the support that's needed. I know you're involved with a nonprofit um, that helps with that. Can you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: There is an awesome um, international organization called Postpartum Support International, PSI, and they have resources available. So they would be a great source to check out while somebody's pregnant before they give birth to see what resources and information and help and advice is available. Um, There are local chapters. So we do have a chapter in Oklahoma City and it's to offer support and care and resources for that postpartum period. And specifically, they focus on uh, perinatal mood disorders and anxiety disorders, which can happen anytime during pregnancy and or postpartum. And so, you know, we hear a lot, like you mentioned, postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. There can be postpartum depression that happens at, at postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety are the leading complications from pregnancy.
0: Mm.
1: Number one complication from Mm. pregnancy and birth. And it's so important to be aware of the signs and symptoms so that you can recognize if that may be something that you're experiencing. It's important for partners to learn um, so that they can recognize those signs if they start seeing them in their partner, um, because it is something that can have just a huge impact on your well-being and your baby's well-being and your family's well-being. What are and some of those so signs the, and symptoms that we can watch for um, that we, may not be super obvious? It's very common to have those post baby blues. We all hear about the baby blues. That is, you know, kind of that almost like after Christmas letdown. You know, you have all the anticipation that builds up and mm-hmm. all the excitement, and oh, you know, we're so excited for this baby. And then you give birth, and it's kind of like, okay, now we have this adjustment period. And so the baby blues typically kind of hit that second night, third day, when the hormone shift is really changing the HCG level drops dramatically, and that can make a mom feel very weepy, very just down, sad. Um, But baby blues typically go away pretty quickly Mm -hmm. and full-blown postpartum depression is that sadness that continues on? Um, feelings of uh, could be feelings of that you're a failure, um, or that if you didn't have the birth experience that you wanted, or something happened that um, wasn't a positive experience for you, could feel like uh very let down by that. Mm. Could feel um, very anxious. Postpartum anxiety um, could look like not being able to sleep when baby sleeps because you're so scared something's going to happen to baby. Mm-hmm. Um, being afraid to be alone with the baby, being afraid to leave baby alone. Um, just, you know, lots of different signs that you would kind of expect if you had depression or anxiety at any other time, but they're kind of magnified and focused around that care of that baby. Um, And so it's important to be aware of those signs ahead of time. So you kind of know what to look for. And there is help available. There are resources available. And it's so important to talk to your care provider, whether that's your OBGYN or your midwife, and they can help you to uh, get support as well, if you need it. And there's other postpartum mood disorders that can happen as well, but depression and anxiety are the most common, and you're especially more at risk if you have already ever had depression or anxiety before your Mm. pregnancy. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. I I remember so clearly, 18, my oldest is 18, sitting in the, the little classroom at Baptist Hospital here in Oklahoma City, and they were talking about don't shake, don't shake the baby. And yes. my young husband at the time, and I looked at him kind of like, why would we shake the baby? And then we got home. Mm-hmm. And we understood. We understood because it's so overwhelming. And I did have the baby blues. And that did extend for, for weeks and, and even a few months beyond that. And I didn't know that there were resources like PSI available to me at that time. So it was just a huge struggle. And luckily and blessedly, we both, oh, we all made it out alive and unscathed. But nowadays, you know, fast forward 18 years and there are resources everywhere. And, and it's up to us to get that awareness out there to these women. So I'm so grateful for you and what you're doing.
1: That um, is so important. And I, I went through that with my... Uh, after my second pregnancy, I went through postpartum depression and did not recognize it at the time, did not have the resources at the time. And uh, this was pre internet because my youngest is 27, my oldest is 30. And yeah. so did not know, um, even as a nurse and having used a midwife, I just um, didn't know what help was available to me. And I didn't actually recognize. Um, all of the symptoms in myself, and realize, okay, this is full blown postpartum depression. Right. And I needed help, and I wish that I had had that. Yeah, me too. So it's important to me to offer um, whatever support I can give. And yeah. like you said, when you bring that baby home, it's it's overwhelming, and people need to to prepare themselves ahead of time and learn ahead of time that there will be times when baby is going to cry for no reason. Um, And you may have fed baby, you may have changed baby, you may have burped baby, you may have done everything in your power and baby is still screaming and crying and it can build up those frustrations and even anger. And so it's important to know, you can go lay baby down in their bed and walk away for a few minutes yeah. and gather yourself. You're not neglecting them. You've taken care of their needs and maybe they just need to cry for a few minutes, but the more frustrated and angry and stressed out you get, your baby's feeding into that and they're mm-hmm. feeling that and that's just making it worse for them as well. And yeah. so if you can safely put them in their bed, take a breather, get some you know get some water to drink, get a snack or take a walk around the house, just calm down. You'll be better prepared to take care of your baby. Baby hopefully will be able to calm down when you're more calm, but yeah, they, you know, that shaken baby syndrome. I've seen that firsthand, the effects of that um, when I was a pediatric nurse Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: no parent ever thinks that they could do that to their child. We all think that, Oh, I, you know, not me. I would never do that. But until you're in that situation, you you don't have any idea how stressful it can be. And so it's important to recognize, I need to put baby down in their bed and I need to take a breather Mm
0: -hmm. so that
1: I can calm down and come back to baby and be able to handle this situation better. Yes, absolutely. And sometimes there were,
0: you know, for me, it was things that I didn't expect. Like I was, I was jealous of my own baby. He seemed to bond better with the dad, with his father at first. And I was like, I'm the mother. This is supposed to be my baby. I grew you. Why do you, why are you quiet when he holds you and not when I hold you? And Some of the things that I would have never thought that I could have been prepared for, um, well, maybe some I couldn't have been prepared for even, but, but yeah, the awareness and having support, a support person like you would have been definitely changing the situation <laughs> so well so tell us what you do what does Tamara do for your care i know your kids are older but you're running a business a very busy lady what does self-care look like for you
1: ah uh, self-care for me is um just trying to take time to relax when i can i love to watch movies i love to read um and spend time with my husband Uh, my husband and I try very hard to um, set time aside for each other so that we can spend time together and um, work on our relationship and just enjoy each other's company. He's my best friend. And so uh, we've been together for, we've been married for over 31 years and we've been together for over 34. So it just, um, you know, and I um, I love taking care of my kids and my new grandbaby, and so Yay. even though that may not be considered self care, it it feeds my soul to be able to you know help them and and spend time with my new grandbaby is just uh, <laughs> the best thing in the world. How old's the grandbaby? Uh, uh, he just turned uh, nine weeks. Oh my gosh, brand uh, new grandbaby! Yeah.
0: Were you there as support for that birth?
1: I was. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Was that any different than your nor than a normal uh normal uh
1: client of yours? Oh, it was over and beyond. It was (laughs) I mean every client is special, but when it's your own child, yeah, um, you know, and I've had the pleasure of of supporting uh my sisters and friends through their births, but when it's your own baby. Yeah. having their baby it's I can't imagine I and can't it imagine the greatest honor of my life oh my gosh that's it's so awesome first. well thank you
0: so much for joining us today Tamara tell our guests where they can find you if they are in need of pre-partum uh, birthing classes or doula
1: support or postpartum support tell us where we can find you and do business with you Okay. Well, thank you so much, Amy. I appreciate you having me on and you can find me at momrnbirthservices.com is my website. So again, that's momrn because I am a mom of two and a registered nurse (laughs) in my former life, Uh, momrnbirthservices.com. And then my Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash momrn and i am on instagram as just uh, my handle is mom rn all
0: right you heard it right here guys mom rn take care of yourselves if you're pregnant and you are looking for someone to be that support person with your partner and you um you can take Tamara with you to at your home or to the largest metro hospital around it doesn't matter she's there to support you thank you so much Tamara, for joining us and thank you for being a queen the lead